Hey there, fellow streakers. Welcome back. We're glad to have you back on the show. And today we have a phenomenal guest, <laughs> someone who we've known for quite some time and are looking forward to talking with today. She is a former corporate techie turned entrepreneur. As a business owner, mom and wife, she knows exactly how hard it is to juggle all things while maintaining your own sense of self and purpose. When her daughter was born in 2010, life as she knew it completely changed. <laughs> <laughs> After struggling to manage work, motherhood, and family, Megan set about a new way to manage her time and organize her calendar. She took to her 20-plus year career in systems and process and applied it to one of her favorite things, time management. We are so excited to welcome Megan Sumrall to the show. Let's get streaking. Yay! <laughs> Megan, we're excited to have you on. This oh, I'm back. thrilled to be here. I just, I am obsessed with everything that you guys do. I love streaking. I love what it's brought into my life. So I've been looking forward to this. And we feel the same way about all that you do. In fact, that's kind of where I wanted to start is that just for everyone that's listening, just give us kind of an overview of, of what you do specifically with planning and then a little bit how you got involved in it and specifically... Yeah. Because I think my favorite thing is that you talk a lot about how the way that planning has been done in the past, it's centered a, a lot around how men plan for how they work in the environment and that yours yeah. is very much specifically tailored more towards women and moms and how they plan. So yeah. So it's about um, how you gotten started and where your passion for that comes from. Yeah. It's not like I was eight years old and said, I want to be an all about time management when I grew up, right? Uh, it certainly wasn't, wasn't a passion from a young age. Uh, I actually have a background in math. I was a math major, um, ended up landing a, a job in corporate IT kind of uh, life and spent tw over 20 years there. And I really enjoyed what I did. My zone of genius was around quality, uh, working with software teams on building systems and infrastructure to help them deliver their software better, faster, cheaper. Wow. And so over the course of my career, I took a lot of training on optimization. Um, if anyone listening is in the software geek space, um, you know, I can throw around things around Toyota. I'm a, a black belt and lean six Sigma um, kind of went through all of that and really loved what I did. And while I, always had a dream of having a business. You know, my, my career gave me a lot of purpose and I got to travel and, and do a lot of interesting things. And I, I can remember those days. Oh, how naive I was of <laughs> you know, being in, you know, thinking first of all, that I was busy, right. As a single woman with, with a job and then eventually a dog, like, Ooh, I'm stressed out. Uh, and I'd be in like target and I would look over and I'd see a mom there with her kids who just looked frazzled and strung out and, you know, handing them the lollipop, just anything to get through. And I remember naively being like, that would never be me. Right. Like I've got, <laughs> I've got my act together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that there's no camera footage of me in target many years later, uh, doing the exact same thing. But I had, my daughter was born. I got married later in life. So kind of started a family later. And after she was born, I just, I feel like the wheels just kind of fell off in terms of how my days were going. Um, I just kept thinking, could really, could the introduction of one tiny human being into my life completely disrupt everything that I'd done in terms of how I managed my time and how I organized my life and all of that. And, you know, on the surface, the answer is yes, <laughs> one tiny little person can, but I think what's really interesting is uncovering the root of, there were so many things that had shifted that led to that. 
And I had this very pivotal day when she was three years old and it was kind of a fall day here in North Carolina. It was like that perfect weather where, you know, that the humidity has gone. And I had intentionally made sure I had gotten up early, started my work day early so I could get off so we could go have some time at the park. And I was pushing her in the swing and chatting with the mom next to me. And at one point in the conversation, she said, well, what do you do for fun? And it, it jarred me because I didn't have an answer. And I didn't even know I didn't have an answer. <laughs> uh, and I don't know what I said to her. Uh, I wish I did. I don't know how I muddled my way through that, but I do remember going home that night and hiding in my closet. Cause as a mom, sometimes that's like where we go for privacy. Um, and I just remember bawling because I just sat there saying like, what happened? I, I, I don't remember the last time I did anything for fun. And I used to be someone who had tons of hobbies and outlets and all of that. And my tears were not only because I felt that way, but a lot of it then was guilt ridden. So I'm like, I feel like I finally have what I thought I always wanted right on the outside looking in. And yet I was really kind of unhappy because every day was just like, wake up, hit the ground running Mm. this race to get everything done to collapse in bed at night, to wake up and do it all again. And so I knew something needed to change in that moment. And I started really digging back into looking at, you know, what's different now versus then that has led me here. And so I decided to throw away everything. I'd used the same planner for 21 years. Um, I threw all of that away because the irony is like, Megan, you do this for a living. You go into organizations and assess how they're running things and find better ways to do this. Take yourself on as a client. So ultimately that's what I did. Um, And I completely refactored and rebuilt the way I basically organize and manage all of the information and things that we have to juggle in day-to-day life. And friends and family started noticing a difference um, in me. I was happier. I was more fulfilled. I was more myself. Uh, And I started being asked to present at some local working mom groups And at one point, someone asked if I would uh, basically take her on as a client. And I thought, you know, this is my opportunity to see, does this system that I've built work for others? Because I had a feeling it would. And so I worked with her and several other women, and they came out the other end completely transformed. And that's when I knew, like, this is my calling. And I left corporate completely and have now gone all in on really my mission is to just bring work-life harmony to as many women as I can. And I have to say that it is, I love listening to your, um, to your podcast and the women that you interview and the people that you have. And, you know, as I think about what you did, aren't we always our own first client? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's trying to solve a problem in our own lives. Cause that's where streaking came from. I mean, we're just like, we've got to solve some problem here. Yeah. <laughs> you always do it. And you're like, I've got problems. <laughs> do, yeah. List is but, long. I can't start that many businesses. <laughs> that's exactly right. And I, and I love that you recognize that. And interestingly, so just curious in the conversation that you had with the individual. So you, you saw it was working for you and then the individual that you started to work with, how did that present itself with her? Did she just start to ask you and say, what is it that you're doing? I mean, how, how did that start? Yeah. So in, I was giving a talk here in Raleigh at an organization and was just 
laying out my beliefs on why women were so overwhelmed today and tracking back to the introduction of technology, which I think is a big game changer and why a lot of the old school time management systems don't work. And this very integrated life that so many women are facing in terms of work and family. It's as if we still have the same family responsibilities, but now we also have the expectations of, and now you're an equal breadwinner as well. And you just can't, that planning. And then the fact that so many women are now working from home. I had a home office for many years, even in corporate. And when you're working remotely versus walking into an office and checking in for nine hours, it's very different. Um, How I managed my time in an office setting was very different than a home office. So I was sharing some of the backstory of how we got to where we were and then started. I just gave a very brief overview on how I set about doing my weekly planning. And that's what registered with the women. They're like, can you show us more details on how you do it? And I had to really think about it for a minute because I thought, okay, first, am I confident enough in this that I believe it will work for others? But then secondly, can I unpack this in a way where I can then teach others? Mm Because sometimes we just... We just figure things out, you know, that it's really hard for us to explain to others what is the step-by-step process. So I really had to sit in that for a little while. And so the first two women that I worked with privately, I just said, I'm going to do this for free because I don't know yet if I'm going to be able to effectively teach this and communicate this with you well enough. And they were willing to, to give it a go. And so it, it's really what launched me into having to really analyze this new way of managing my time to say, how do I reverse engineer this and break it down in a way that can be teachable to others? Right. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, as you were talking, I thought COVID kind of did the same thing for all of us, this idea of everybody coming home. And it really, for a lot of people, that integration happened overnight. All of a sudden, you're at home and work and your pets and your kids and everything is all in the same place, occupying that same time. Have you had a lot of people ask kind of about that? Yeah. When, when the shutdown first started, I kind of had to hold up myself for about four weeks Mm -hmm. to say, how am I incorporating this? Because now not only am I doing everything I was, but Hey, guess what? You're now a teacher. Yes. And (laughs) newsflash. I am not cut out for homeschool life. We, we I think so many out. of us oh, realized boy. that. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so I knew I'm like, if I am struggling this much, everybody's struggling. Yeah. So I took the first four to five weeks of, of homeschool virtual COVID life and really hold up and saying and testing processes for myself um, and was able to come out the other side saying, okay, I've got some things that are working well for me. So I, I really leaned in for about 10 months on helping others. I actually created a course that I just gave for free on, okay. it was called planning during the pandemic to just help families get daily wow. schedules and systems in place to accommodate all of those moving parts. Uh, and thankfully we've come out of that the other mm-hmm. end, but what I'm seeing still lingering is, a lot of families have chosen to continue on with homeschool, which introduces some new levels and, and challenges there. A lot of women, unfortunately, were kind of forced to leave the workplace to have to, you know, someone had to be home with the kids. And so they're now exploring, okay, what is going back to work look like for me? I kind of mm-hmm. like being at home. Um, so I feel like we're at this very pivotal place for a lot of women and moms in particular, where as we're getting back to, 
I'm not going to say normal, but this next stage of you know, right. where we are as the world's opening it. up of recognizing life as we knew it isn't going to be the same for lots of reasons. And so now is a really great opportunity to, to connect and say, hey, you need to figure out the right way to have plans that accommodate all that integration that you're, that you're going to need to have and do it in a way. I mean, we were all kind of in survival mode there for a while. We're not there now. Mm -hmm. So let's not stay there. Let's get back on top of it and say, okay, how do I bring all this in still have time for myself, still have time for all the things that are important and can answer the question. What do you do for fun? Right. So, so let's get into it. What what are the principles and tenets of the planning system that you have? Because it is it is quite powerful. And and I'll just say as you introduce this it, to our streakers that are out there, as you listen to this, there are so many tie-ins as far as streaking is concerned, along with what Megan does. And so, listen carefully as she describes some of the different tenets and principles that come into planning. Yeah, and it's interesting the women. Um you know, in my community that have benefited from your training, it's been really fun for me to hear from them what streaks they're they're incorporating to help them on their planning journey. So I just, yeah. it's so powerful when they, when they combine together. So I, I approach my planning philosophies from what I call the bottom up instead of the top down approach. Most of the trainings I've been to in life, you know, around productivity, I have a love-hate relationship with that word. Uh, <laughs> so do we. So do we. we have a total love-hate relationship yeah. with that word. I feel um, like I'm. I feel like I'm bipolar when I say that word because one yeah. day I'll be like productivity. I'm a failure. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. And then the next day it's like I'm going to be productive. I can do this. Yeah. It's but seriously, I look at it and I'm like, say the word by bi- say the word productive, and I'll be like, I'm bipolar. <laughs> And I think it's because it's what you view productivity is like mm-hmm. most people productivity. They instantly go to, I got the most done today. Like I won, I won the task list race. Yes. Um, for me, my definition of productivity is getting the most important things done in a way that doesn't stress you out. Wow. So See, that I to me, about- I guess that, that to me is the biggest life changer of what, and, and I think that that's a huge part of as we were talking about COVID and and what changed there is, I think that was a huge mind shift for people is this, this idea that work and life and family can all mingle together. I don't have to keep all of those separate, but I'm not exactly sure how. And, and I love what you say when you talk about, I mean, that's, that's powerful to me. The productivity is getting the most important things to me done is huge because most of the time what we get outside validation for is more of the task list a lot of times that's that's what you can visibly show as an accomplishment yeah and that's why you know when i was talking about that feeling of just i, I lost myself yeah. on the outside looking in i looked like the most productive human being alive meaning i got a lot of stuff done for yeah. a long time and i was really unhappy yeah. So that's, I don't want that to be what everyone's quest is, is to win that. I, I mean, granted, I do love a check mark as much as the next. I love that. Right. Dope, right. But we've got to find a way to not lose ourselves in that. And so yeah. usually when you go to these productivity or planning your workshops, trainings, they tend to start with 
where do you want to be five years from now? Like let's create the vision for your life. And there's value in all those exercises. Don't get me wrong. And, and you spend all this time workshopping your dreams, your goals, desires, you leave there so motivated and so excited. Right. And then you get home and the realities of your day-to-day life are so overwhelming that you're like, well, guess, guess I'm not going to start on that. Yeah. And then we get in this cycle of, oh, let me just get through this stage of life. Like it'll be better when, when my kids are in school, oh, it'll be better when they're driving and guess what? It's never better or easier. And so it almost perpetuates this ongoing problem of, we feel like failures because we can't make progress on anything. And so when I'm where I meet people, we work from the bottom up. So yes, we're going to get to those dreams and goals and visions, but first we need to clean up your day-to-day life so that once you get that under control, now you see a path to having the time and creating the space to go work on those dreams and goals. So I, I think of planning, there's four different levels of it. There's your weekly planning, your monthly planning, your quarterly, and then that annual long-term strategic planning. So I start at the weekly planning. So we're going to start at the bottom and get that under control. And I have a very systemized approach to how you create a weekly plan. Most people are surprised because they think yeah. we're going to start on a daily plan, yes. right? Yes. So what about going to ask that question? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. why not a daily go plan? I mean, we got to yeah. stop so and pause on that one. Daily Absolutely. planning leads to overcommitting and overwhelm all the time. Because while you think it's a plan, if you wake up every day and ask the question, okay, what am I doing today? You are already in reactive mode because mm-hmm. you're going to respond to the, that ticker tape running through your head of all the stuff. And you're going to sit down and you're going to make a ridiculously long task list. Right. And then those bigger projects that we want to start on, But here it is, what it's a Thursday morning. I know we're working on this big room project in our house. Well, today I'd go, well, I can't, I mean, I don't have time for that today. So I'm not going to put it on the list because I'm only thinking about this 24 hour block. So when we do that, we get into that task oriented mode again. And then we look at this ridiculously long list without really analyzing, is this feasible We don't put thought around how can I group things together to maximize efficiencies so that maybe I'm not running errands four times that day. I just go out once and get it all done. And then we get in that perpetual habit of I've got my list. I'm go, go, go. At the end of the day, I sit down, I'm looking at my list. I see there's seven things that didn't get crossed off. I feel like the failure. I wake up tomorrow, I rewrite those seven things down on today's list and then add 57 more. And then we're in that vicious cycle of task mode living, which is very reactive. So instead, I I coach all around weekly planning. I like to do mine on Sunday. There's no wrong day to do it. Um, But the first step is understanding the mindset that you're in when you sit down to plan. So if you're in that daily mode, if I wake up and I'm already kind of anxious about what the day holds, I'm kind of in that fight or flight mentality and your brain, it breaks down the ability to make rational choices. And so that's when we start way over or underestimating, we start over committing. Whereas if I can sit down on a Sunday afternoon when I'm usually rested, I've had downtime, I'm not in fight or flight mode, the anxiety hasn't set in yet. And I can look at my week at a whole 
Mm-hmm. and work my way up from the bottom up. What's currently, what are my current commitments for the week? How much time do I know I'm not available? What I call my mom mode time, like from six to eight in the morning, I'm very busy, but nothing's getting done of mm. you know, my yeah. desires. I'm packing lunch, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we back into understanding what is my actual budget for the week? What do I truly have to work with? And then we marry that with our list of all the things that we either want to or have to get done, now is when we get to make really rational, intentional choices on how to map out our week. Mm -hmm. And so my basic weekly planning is a five-step process, um, but then we work our way up to advanced weekly planning, which is what I do every week, which is a 10-step process. Sounds like a lot, but I do it in like 12 minutes. So when you have all those inputs created, which I teach everyone how to create what's called your master backlog, your checklist, all of that, and you get good at this, you're mapping out a really powerful plan in 15 minutes or less. And it's how I'm able to, you know, run a business, do everything I do. And I only, I mean, my workday ends at 1.30 every day. That's it. I'm done. I wonder how many women out there are sitting like I am thinking, Megan, you can help me. I can. (laughs) Yes, yes, you can. That's right. Jeff Jeff just gave me a look like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. So I want to go back to something because there was a formative moment when you, when you switch, because everyone thinks daily plan. I mean, it is just part of your And some of the planning experts coach to that. And I'm like, no. Oh, absolutely. So, so there had to be a moment where in your life where you switched from, I can't do daily planning. It's got to be weekly. Was there a specific, and it may not have been a specific moment. It may have been a gradual, but what, what moved you to that paradigm shift? And I want to ask... I can remember. And I want to ask just real quick, in conjunction with that same thing, when you thought that, were you like, okay, yeah, this is the answer, or or did all of those experts that are saying daily planning, daily planning, were you like, could they be wrong and I be right? Do you know what I mean? Were you? you Yeah, and that was an afterthought. So (laughs) there was was a Friday at work. I was it was still corporate time. It was still when I was still trying to figure out like something's got to change. and I'm going to call them out only because they do have planners that I do like, but I was a Franklin Covey, like mm-hmm. junkie for years and I mean, they're gorgeous planners. Right. And I did before when they were still under one umbrella of a company, yeah. I did all their courses, all of it, a big fan. And it was back when all they had were the daily planners and it was mm-hmm. a Friday and I was settling into my work day and I was taking out my ruler and flipping over to Friday. And what's the first thing that I would do every day? Let's go back and look at all the things that I didn't finish the day before. And I was rewriting them over. And you transfer them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it hit me. And I was like, I wonder how many hours of my life I've spent in the last 20 years rewriting the same thing potentially five times. Because there was stuff I wrote on Monday that I rewrote to Tuesday, to Wednesday, to Thursday, Friday. That's what I was like, there's, I, there's got to be a better way because I would find myself even writing stuff down on Monday that I'm like, I know I'm not going to get to it Monday, but I don't want to forget about it. So I'm going to yeah. write it down. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was like, there's got to be a better system for having that placeholder of stuff, but, but being realistic about what I'm going to get done today. Right. And I logged in for work and we were using, uh, what was it? This was like, I think at the beginning of Alice, I mean, I'm so old. Um, I think we may have been on Outlook by then, but we were on stuff before that. Um, And I pulled up my Outlook calendar and instinctively, I always had that on a week at a view. So I could be looking at my meetings and my projects. 
And that was the disconnect for me. I'm like, my planner is zeroed in here, but up here, when I'm looking at my whole week, I can already see there was no way in heck I was going to get this. (laughs) (laughs) So how do I bring these two together? And then how do I create this, this holding place as my information hub to help me with my planning. And someone just shared a quote with me from a book the other day that I loved. And I'm, I'm probably gonna misname it a little bit, but it said, the mind is for having ideas, not holding them. Yeah, Like that just sums up, cause we're trying to, in an effort to, we're either trying to store it all up in our brain, which means we're gonna forget stuff, or we just go into this task list mode so that, oh, I don't wanna forget it. Mm-hmm. But then there's no rhyme or reason to how do we prioritize it? How do we estimate it? How do we find ways to group tasks together and maybe realize I'm better off waiting till Thursday and doing all four of these together instead of one on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday? Well, if you're waking up and saying, what are my top three today? You're not putting any of that mm. into thought. Into thought. Yeah. And you know, in a corporate setting, like when that first came out, when I look back at my life, you know, 20 years ago, I didn't have the interruptions of technology. We didn't even have personal email, right? Like when I started to work, there was like email was a new thing in the office only. Well, yeah, I could sit down and say, what are my top three things today? Because I didn't have information coming at me every seven seconds, Yeah, but we do now. And so we've got to find ways to accommodate that. Absolutely. You know, you bring up such a great point in regards to that, what we have now today, the systems of yesterday are not going to take care of what we have today. And that, exactly. and that's, we just got to recognize that and realize that it's changed. One of the things that I've reimagined is you're familiar with the time matrix yep. where you have, you know, quadrant one, quadrant two, quadrant three, quadrant four. And I've reimagined that as the activity matrix. Mm. where it's not about time, it's about the activity that you're doing. This is why I love your planning system, because you're looking at it as a week as a whole and saying, where is the activity that I'm going to be spending in my Q2 area and putting that in place? And you you totally blew my mind with something because I just looked at my Outlook calendar and it's the first time, all right, I, I'm going to be c- completely clean that I've ever realized that I always look at it in weekly mode. Yeah. I never realized before you said it that I, it just hit me. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm always looking in weekly mode. I'm never because daily mode does not give you what you need. No, you at go, all. you look at it and you're like, it's like I can't imagine looking at my calendar just daily mode every time. It drives me. But insane. then everyone's so, pushing daily planners. But everyone's yes. pushing daily planners. <laughs> I know. So. And the reason being, and here, now here's why I think they are as well. And I I work with this with some women in my program. They're like, but. The week, there's not enough space on the weekly spread for me to put everything. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like, that's because you don't know what should and shouldn't go on your planner. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to make their planner as that information repository. Well, on paper, you're not gonna be able to organize, centralize and prioritize it the way like you need an external place for that. Yeah. Um, and then so many planners now, like you know, they're like 10 inches thick because it's trying to be a goal setting, a journal, a scrapbook, a meal planning. I'm like, no, like it's stop. A planner should just tell you what are you supposed to be doing and when are you supposed to be doing it? Period. Period. And And then we have the tools for the other stuff elsewhere. That's what I was going to say. I love that because 
Because there's something inside of you that when you don't, so I've had that exact experience that I go to my new planner because I've tried digital planners and regular planners and, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving everything you're saying, but I open a new planner because a new planner makes you feel like this time I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it. This I'm is it. Get it right. And you go through and you start on the day and then you can't. And so you're like, oh, I got to look at the week. And then, and then it has that meal plan option. And then it has the goals and you just thumb through it. But by the end, I've spent two hours and I'm totally overwhelmed and I didn't really get anything done, but, but it I looks pretty. to give it up. Yes, it, look, it looks pretty. It's very, it, you're right, because I've switched colors, because that's fun. That makes me feel good to switch colors and be like, oh, yeah. it's color coded. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I love a decorated planner. Just, I mean, I put stickers in my planner. Yeah, I'm almost 50, but I, I like some sticker. I mean, I, I love like all that. It makes some, me happy. Yeah, I like some But that's fun. an afterthought, <laughs> not, <laughs> not the core part of it. Yeah. Not the core, yes. Well, and I love what you've said that the reason I do that is because I don't want to say those things aren't important. I want a meal plan. I want to be keeping track of my food. I want to be looking at my goals and the things that I want to be accomplishing. And so somehow ignoring that part of a planner makes you feel a little bit like, oh, I'm saying that's not important. And what I hear you saying is, yes, it's important, but it it goes in a different place. It needs to be put someplace else so that you're delineating. Your planner is your plan not everything else. And I call it like my command center. So that's why I tell I'm like, it's, mm-hmm. it's where, and I, I keep looking over the side because mine sits right there on my <laughs> desk. Um, and you know, for some people, it doesn't have to be a paper planner. You can do this on an electronic calendar for sure, mm-hmm. where I teach people to decide which is going to work for them is where are you when you are making decisions about what you say yes to and no to with your time? So when I was still working 50 hours a week and I had three huge monitors, um, you know, on my desk for work and I could look at a comprehensive detailed weekly and monthly view. um, And that's where I was sitting when requests were coming in for my time. I was 100% electronic. Um, Now I have so much more of a fluid life where I'm at my desk in the morning that I'm, I'm, I'm up and about I'm at activities or I mean just even around and about in the house, I'm not seeing enough information. Because dear God, your cell phone screen is not big enough to help you make decisions about how to spend your time. So for me, I switched to paper when my life became very fluid and I need to be able to quickly assess, you know, what's the lay of the land this week when I'm not at my desk, not with a big screen. So either one can work. But for me now, I'm, I'm, I mean, I use my Google calendar, obviously, to make appointments and all that, but I don't say yes to anything until I've looked at my command center, which for me is my paper planner. I want to go to um, back to just the fluidity that you talk about and just the reimagination of the now what I call activity matrix, because I think these two things go together really well. And here's what I mean by that. When you look at the activity matrix and think about the important tasks that are not urgent, the things that are there, the reason I go to that is specifically what you said about fluidity. There's some days, and why I love the weekly, the whole weekly view here, there's some days where quadrant one urgent activities that are important fill up most mm-hmm. of the day. And that and that kicks out anything that is quadrant two or and what I like to do in streaking, it reduces it down to its floor level. In other words, I'm going to write at least one sentence. I'm going to read at least one paragraph. So my Q2 is smaller that day. 
However, I'm still accomplishing the things that I want to do toward that. And they are the floor level of that. Whereas when I'm looking at it weekly, now on other days, my Q2 swells and my activities there are much, uh, occupy much more of my day. And my Q1 things are not as occupied as one, as much. And then there are those days where I binge watch and Q4 is huge. Amen. And it should be. We all <laughs> yes. need those. Absolutely. But here's what's interesting with that and why the weekly planning is so critical to allow that ebb and flow yes. from one to two to four is, I mean, even thinking about this week, like Monday morning, if I did not have my intent and part of the weekly planning is we get detailed to knowing what days and sometimes specifically what time are we working on certain things? So, you know, I have a large event coming next week, a large workshop all week long. There's a lot of prep going on already Monday morning. I'm waking up feeling like, oh, okay, okay, T minus T minus seven days before we (laughs) kick this off. And if I did not have a weekly plan, I would be sitting in churn Monday morning. Okay, I need to get ready for this. Okay, let me make sure the slides are good. Let me make sure that. And then I'd be stressed about the other stuff that was, you know, the twos that were lingering there. Well, because when on Sunday, when I was calm and could make rational choices, I mapped out strategically my week and I saw, okay, Megan, on Wednesday, you have proactively blocked out three and a half uninterrupted hours to, to work through all, you know, 17 tasks to make sure everything's ready to go for next week. So on Monday, when I needed to be doing a lot of stuff in that two quadrant, because every time I would feel anxious about, oh, but I got those ones, I could look at my weekly plan and say, you're good. You've got Wednesday set for that. And so it's that constant, it's like these little voices are always talking to me like, Megan, you're good. You got this, you know, when you're doing it. So it allows you to not get so distracted and pinball all day long as the, oh, don't forget this. Oh, have I checked on that? I could be like, stop. You're doing that Wednesday. And I could go in the zone and all day Monday this week was cleaning up all the twos. Like there wasn't a, 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 so this is where that daily three, if I had followed that approach, it would have been like, well, the top three things had nothing to do with how I spent my Monday, Right. but all of those things got done and they were the right thing to do. When I looked at what my week looked like with weird doctor's appointments and a half day at school and a kid's activity, like I know I'm better off waiting until I can focus for three and a half hours on Wednesday, instead of grabbing 30 minutes here and there all day long in and out Monday and Tuesday. And if you're daily planning, you're going to miss out on that opportunity for efficiencies that allow you to really, when people say, how do you get so much done in so little time? I'm like, it's how I structure my time and how I group my activities together. Okay, I got to go to creation for just a second here, because I just thought about this. I'm like, just think if God in creation was like, I got a plan today, what I'm going to do today. And it wasn't a full week. And it wasn't a full <laughs> week plan. He's, and he's like, yes. oh, no. wonder what, what Sunday would have looked like yeah, in that. <laughs> I created half of the animals and forgot the other half because I, I got go. distracted by the plants. <laughs> he's up there binge watching on, on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> That's it. By Thursday, he's, I'm done. Uh, I just, I'll get back to I mean, it tomorrow. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, we have seven days of creation and each one was in order. And what you, seriously, while you were talking, I was just thinking about this and I'm like, I feel peaceful already just hearing how you're explaining this to look at it and say, you know what? On Sunday, I'm going to look at the full week. And in that, 
And, and what that does is what I heard you say, and I really want to emphasize, is it allows you to give yourself permission in the moment of urgency to relax. Mm-hmm. And I've got this. Here's when I have that planned. It's okay. Permission. And I heard confidence. Yes. 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 So that's why I'm saying like daily planning is reactive. Mm -hmm. Weekly planning is proactive. Which is so good. I think that's why we like this so much is because it's the same thing that we talk about with streaking is that streaking is looking ahead and deciding these are the things I'm going to be doing. It's not reacting not, to them. I have a streak. It's I'm, I'm making going, a streak. I'm making a streak. I'm going I'm to look, going forward, to look forward. And again, it lends itself to that feeling of confidence because you know, so I heard you say it two or three times. I know I'm going to get to that thing because I've got a plan in place. So I can be confident that I'm going to get to it. I can be confident that I'm not going to forget it. Therefore, I can free myself of all of those thoughts and be totally present with where I am right now because I've got a plan. And, and that's you, and, why you see and, my sign behind me, structure, structure is, is freedom. freedom. Yes. Yeah, that's okay, it. That's so what it's all about. That leads us to the question though. You inevitably, the Mike Tyson quote, get hit in the face at some point and your plan just goes oh, all absolutely. out. So, but I plan for that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so <laughs> that's what I wanted to get into a little bit. So how do I plan for that? You know, cause I've got the weekly plan and something yeah. in the middle of, and I heard you talking about this on your podcast, your, your daughter is sick that day, something happens, a child, you know, comes in and it, it's unplanned. It's not something you could have looked at. So how do I handle that? What, what is it I do? Yeah. And I just, I call that accommodating the planning for uncertainty and it's different. The amount that you need is different for everybody based on your stage of life. Right. Um, when my daughter was first entering preschool, it was a little bumpy. Um, we committed to twice a week for three hours. I'm like, okay. So I, I didn't even have the nanny on those days. So I was still working in corporate. I'm like, great. Twice a week, three hours. This is going to be good. I think we might've made it one week, the entire year where she made it through. And I'm not kidding where she made it through both days, three hours a week. She, she really just wanted to be at home. Um, I could see so, why you're such a great mom. I could see, I'd want to be around you too. I mean, I'd just yeah. be like, can I just be by you? Yeah. It's a good thing. There's no hidden cameras around here uh, in the morning, <laughs> a different scene here. So that was a stage in life where I had to plan for uncertainty a lot. Every week laying out that weekly plan was she should be in school for three hours this day and this day, but there's a high likelihood I'm going to be getting a call about an hour in versus other stages. I mean, I remember like first grade was just this magical year where Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, everything went as it should. And I did not need to accommodate as much uncertainty right now. I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, just yesterday, just yesterday, I got the phone call at nine 30 and had to, had to head over to school, you know, but so understanding, and I walk people through time audits so that they can really learn how much time on average, do they have a lot of uncertainty and it ebbs and flows in everybody's life. And so once you know that now that is part of an input into your planning process. So right now I'm at a stage in life where I, and I'm just merging from one to another last year, I would proactively block off two hours on Wednesday and two hours on Friday on my calendar where just nothing was allowed to get booked. And that's just my just in case time. 
my reserves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Something could happen. This year, I've now found over the last three months, I noticed for about three months straight, I was never needing that Wednesday chunk. So now I'm letting that go and I'm just reserving that chunk of time on Fridays. So that if something happens like yesterday morning and I get the phone call and I'm now what I was going to do for that chunk of time isn't happening, like no problem. I'm moving it right on over into Friday. Mm -hmm. And so learning that, you know, people will look at my calendar and for some people like give them heart failure. So like you literally have every second of your day plan. I'm like, no, but if you understood the system, you would know that what looks like I'm, you know, go, go, go for three hours. That's a reserved chunk of time that no, because if I don't take it and if mm-hmm. I don't own it, someone else will. Yeah. And so that's part of it is really understanding how much of that do you need? How do you plan for flexibility? And then how we incorporate that in. And a lot of, you know, some other things that I teach around that are creating groups of tasks, you know, similar to time blocking, but a little bit different. And we know, um, like one of my students is a, she runs a mobile vet practice. And so she never knows. I mean, she gets emergency calls all the time, but she has her plan for the week. That is okay. You know, when I have an hour, these are the four tasks that I know if I can do them together, they get done more efficiently. So if it's Monday at 10 AM and there's no call, she's not wasting 20 minutes going, what should I do? What should I do? He's going right to that and saying, I'm doing block number one right now. And then maybe on Tuesday, it's 2 p.m. before that happens because she does get a call, but she's not wasting time trying to figure out what to do when she has the time. So there's there's a lot of really cool skills that you can bring into your planning that allow you to have flexibility if you have a very unpredictable lifestyle. I love so much of what you're saying because I really enjoy the idea of being able to have this block of time and being like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do with that. That's exciting. Rather than that stressful feeling of, oh, I've got this block of time, but I didn't know I was going to have it. And your mind immediately does one of two things. You think of 50 things that you need to do. Or sometimes I do the opposite and I can't think of a single thing, but I know there's 50 things I should be thinking of, but like I get brain freeze. I'm like, I can't think of anything. Maybe yeah, we either, we either go like hyperactive or we get paralyzed. Or we and get then paralyzed. most yeah. people end up about five minutes later doing the scroll on the phone. Exactly. Just to be like, yeah, that's what I, surely my well, phone holds the answer, right? Exactly. So that's going to tell me what to Maybe do. Maybe somebody on Instagram knows more than I do. And now we're watching dog videos, you know, <laughs> yes, and there goes exactly. your 30 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so the other true. thing I love is that if I use that time at the end of the day, I can feel good. I can feel good about both things that I use that time wisely. But also, as you were talking, I was thinking of teenagers and how often they come in and there's, you can't plan when a teenager wants to talk to you. No. You just have to be willing when they do. And, and so that's and one I'm of those so things. glad that you've taken that role in our lives because I sleep through many of those you conversations. Do sleep. And, I mean, and that was... I mean, that was my life yesterday. There was, it was yes. a, I just, there's stuff. In I my just brain need to talk to you, mom. Yeah. yeah. And if you shut that down as a parent, like those opportunities, they don't come back. You can't come back and be like, you know what? I've got time today at three o'clock, circle back and we'll talk. It and that's hard work. for me because I am very, I mean, and that is a, I'm a work in progress on that. Cause I know like particularly evenings are, I'm usually just done and I'm an introvert mm-hmm. as well. So, uh, I, 
earlier on when my daughter was younger, I was trying to explain this to her because she would always write at bedtime is when now, now I want to open up and chat for Mom, three I've hours, got right? So much to talk to you about. And I'm like, we literally just spent five hours together, together. And none of this came up over the last five hours. <laughs> now, yeah, as I'm tucking no. you in like that, just as you're heading the door and your mom, you're like, no, no, God, I was almost was out. Um, but it's been good. Cause I, I used an analogy with her when she was younger and I was like, all right. And there is, I mean, there's actual brain science with some of this. So we wake up every day with a certain amount of like willpower for lack of a better phrase of decision-making capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. And as the day goes on, every time you pull from that, there is, it doesn't come back except for Depletes. going to bed and refilling it, which is why people like on health journeys or whatever, why, why at nine o'clock at night, you're reaching for the chips and cookies. Your brain literally has no more decision-making you've used it up. The energies are gone. Uh, and so I told her, I was like, listen, I wake up cause I love, um, jelly beans and I love Reese's pieces. So I was like, I wake up with a, my jelly bean jar is full every single morning, but throughout the day, every time it's mom, 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 a jelly bean is coming out of that. And sometimes when it's mom over something really ridiculous that you've just interrupted me for something you could have done yourself, that might've like pulled like a handful out in that one shot. (laughs) And when the jar is empty, it's empty. There's no and it's not refilling until mom goes to bed like that. We yeah. just need to understand that. And so it helped us have a conversation over the course of every day when she was doing something that she knew just, I mean, kids like control, right. Yes. Sure. That I could say, you know, if, when you do this, that's what takes that pretty big handful out. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm not really a great gal to talk to when I'm tucking you in at night over big right. thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've been able to joke about that over the years. And now that she's older, there will be days I can tell something's like going on with her and it'll be three o'clock in the afternoon. And I'll say, Hey, I'm at my best right now. Sure. You don't want to go for this a walk. This is a and good talk time right to take some jelly beans. <laughs> and like, I'm, I can, I can serve you well, but mm-hmm. if you're going to wait till I tuck in, I'm probably not going to have great answers for you then. Right. Uh, so and great. so that's been but you know, I want to plan it in on the same yeah. way. Hey, you no, know, I can pencil you in at 10 tomorrow. If you could have your meltdown, then <laughs> yes. that would be great. Um, but this is why we plan for that. Like we've got right. to have, I know I cannot plan for anything in the evenings anymore. Ever. I tried. I used to do a lot of presentations at night and all of that. I can't because of that. Before you go, we we could we could spend another hour. I know. And we're coming up on time because <laughs> I, know I know you have more could. questions. <laughs> As we get start, as you talk with um, you know individuals, women, men, whoever it is, and there, where do you suggest people start? I mean, where where do you look at and you say, okay, let's just start somewhere, so that I can start to get out of this daily rat race because that's yeah. really what's happening. Yeah. That's a good the place point. I start everybody, and it's where they spend their first week, even in my program, is doing a time audit. Okay. And everyone groans because they're like, oh, because they think of it like a food diary, right? And I got to write down everything I eat. But it's not about, you know, making you feel bad about your choices. It brings to light so much. Oh my gosh, now I get why I feel the way I do. I can't tell you how many women, even after just their second day. And what I do is I have, I have a sheet that they fill out just on paper 
Um, and every 30 minutes they're checking in and writing, like, how was that time spent? And if it's a chunk of time where they think I was, I'm exhausted, but I'm not really even sure what I did. We just put a question mark in there, like a signal of I was in motion. I'm not even sure what the heck I was doing, um, that busy being busy. And by the end of day two, they're already so, first of all, there's so much awareness over large chunks of time of their day where they're like, wow, I didn't know. But then it's also so much validation of, dang, look how much I do every single day. And so it's marrying both of those because then there are certain patterns that we look for with the time audit to say, now that we have this information, now here's how we use this to help you figure out what the right structure for your life is going to be, because it's going to be very different from mine. And that's, what's so powerful is to watch. I like to think of my weekly planning process as like the machine, you bring your unique inputs to it, your ingredients, they all go through the same machine, but then the weekly plan that comes out looks unique to every single person because their inputs are different. So my unavailable time is going to be different from yours. Um, you know, whether I have a block of time, that's two hours and you only have one that's 30 minutes, that's fine because it's serving you, but we can't figure that out without doing that first assessment of what does your daily life look like right now? We have a uh, streaker that recently started a streak and in the streaking app, you can see it. And they talk about how they wanted the scale to be a data point, not an emotional control point. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hear you saying is, look, these are data points. This time on it, it's just information. information. Until you have that information, you really can't make the decisions that you need to make in order to put your life in control again. And I do it every six months still, um, sometimes even more often. Anytime I feel like something's off, like I'm I'm noticing I'm not able to keep to my plan. Anytime something feels different, I do a time audit. I do one at the start of every school year. I do one at the start of every summer season as well, because the inputs change. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, okay, here's another tool. Let me, you know, let me kind of put my Sherlock Holmes hat on and let me assess what's going on here. Let me look for the patterns so that I can accommodate those and make changes where I need to. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have one last question? No, I have like a million questions, <laughs> but I've just loved having you on. I, I know my next, I know my you, next you know, thing that I'm doing. So that is, so you have, let's just give a little bit of airtime. So you, you, um, I know that you have a couple of different programs that people can join and it's your top program is one of the, is, is that the top level? That is the signal. That's where everyone's starting point is. Okay. Um, But next week, it's starting April 11th. I only do this. I'm only scheduled to do it three times this year. I've done it once already. I do a free five-day event that's called the Top Bootcamp. And Top is Time Management Organization and Productivity. And it's 30 minutes a day. um, And you can watch the replay if you can't join live. And over the course of the five days, I'm going to be introducing you to the key elements of the entire Top Framework. And you are going, it's, this isn't just like, oh, I get ideas of it now, but there are actual tangible homework assignments every day to ultimately help you start getting this information repository set up, um, some training on changes that you need to make on the settings on your phone to help with minimizing distractions, uh, and then an introduction to the weekly planning as well. Wow. And so a lot of people come into this boot camp for free to kind of 
because it's a lot. I mean, it, it sounds great in theory, right? But most of you are like, yeah, but you don't know how crazy my life is, particularly when, you know, I mean, I look at you guys and like, you're the magic unicorns. I've only got one kid and I can barely hold it together. Um, but the the women that come through this, I mean, I've, I think we're up over 10,000 people that have been through the boot camp now over the last two wow. years. Um, but the connections that they make finding each mm-hmm. other in different stages of life. And it's just kind of a good introduction to, to what the program's all about in a really non non-committal kind of way, but it's a lot of fun. And, and I could see that you also have where we could sign up, isn't it five or 600 bucks that I can pay and do a certain program as well. Yeah. So the right? top program itself, um, yeah. is, uh, usually it's five ninety seven. when I run the okay. boot camps, everyone always knows this. I always give a hundred dollars off. Um, but <laughs> it is a program you have for life. So the video, the trainings there are for you to take when it works for you. And because I'm a time management person, I get in and I get out. So you're never going to log in and be like, oh my gosh, there's a 75 minute long video. You know, who has time for that? I break (laughs) everything down. So you can be like, okay, seven minutes, this video. Okay, great. 12 minutes. Let me go watch this. And then you get access to it forever. And then I also do monthly live coaching calls inside of that community. And so that's where people come in. Okay, Megan, I'm having problems with this. Let's talk through it. And it's a way for us to just always stay accountable and, and really talk about, it's great for me because I'm hearing what are the new challenges because mm-hmm. everything's changing, right? And it's a way for us to constantly be, be working together on it. So I would say to all of our streakers worldwide, that $600 is worth every penny spent. <laughs> Seriously, it is something that you will benefit from time and time and time again. So absolutely do it. Megan, we have enjoyed talking with you today and oh, we could continue so to go much. forward. It's I feel so like I just wonderful. need to like fly out there and come hang out for a few yes, days. We Great. do need to hang out. We will. That is one of the things we will when we have our streakers conference, you will be one of our oh, guests. I will be there our, 100%. Yes. <laughs> Real quickly, as we finish up here, a couple of streaks that you're keeping alive and why? So my two main streaks, um, the first one I I alluded to the fact, yeah, it sounds all great, but mornings here aren't great. I am a morning person and my child is not, and my husband is somewhere in the middle. Uh, And so I did not like the way our mornings were going, getting ready for school for a long time. There was, um, it doesn't bring out the best in me. My daughter would often end up crying. The drive to school was miserable. And so I started a streak when I first met you all to make sure that every morning, Um, before my daughter either leaves the house or exits the car, depending on who's driving her to school, that it ends with a hug and an I love you so that we are connected and in a good place. And even when we've been at each other all morning, stop and we do that. Uh, And so that's my my most favorite (laughs) That is really, really neat. Uh, And then this year, I on January 1st, I started a streak to uh, write every day, at least one sentence. And I got this great little journal. That's, uh, it's a five-year journal. And so it's tiny and on the page, it's the date of the year and then five chunks So the idea. I mean, it's teeny tiny space. You really can't write more than one sentence, but the idea is at the end of five years, it'll be kind of fun to see what was happening on that day for the last five years. And so I keep that on my nightstand with a pen right there so that I don't forget 
and I haven't forgotten yet. And even just the other night, it had been a day, like sometimes all I wrote in there the other day was I'm done. Yep. <laughs> like that was it, but at least I wrote. Um, yes. So that's, that's one I'm really proud of this year that I've started. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Hey, for all you streakers out there, uh, go to Megan's website. It's www.megansumrell.com. And that's Megan, M-E-G-A-N-S-U-M-R-E-L-L.com. You can also uh, catch her on Instagram or Facebook at Megan Sumrell. Also, you can listen to her Work Life Harmony podcast. It has over 70,000 downloads. It's absolutely fantastic. And there's the Pink Bee app, which you can download and see more of Megan. There's so many great things out there. Megan, thank you so much for your time, Streakers. Anytime you want to get a hold of us, please do at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. And until we talk again, check us out on the app, follow us on Streaking on the app, and keep streaking. Better.